podcasts from the cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. You're listening to Business Brunch, and today we're talking to a lecturer and owner of an ever-popular Cheshire-based online news hub that has seen visitor numbers grow considerably over the past three years. On Business Brunch today, we're pleased to welcome Peter Layden. Peter, welcome to the cat. Thank you, Des. Uh, please call me Pete as well. Only my mother calls me Peter these days. So. Oh, <laughs> OK. Understood, understood. Um, Pete, you, you grew up in, in Sandbach, went to Sandbach Boys School, uh, and you're an avid crew Alexander fan. So tell us about the early years uh, and how you developed an interest in journalism. For starters, by the way, you must be very pleased with the, the way crew Alexander are performing at the moment. Oh, well, delighted, Des, to be honest. Yeah, I've, um, like all crew fans, I suppose, over the last 40 odd years, I've been supporting them. There's been lots of ups and downs, mostly ups, which is great, um, you know, and they're doing very well at the moment. Um, so I remember my first game that my dad took me, it's probably about 1980, I think it was, even pre Dario years. So it's a, it's a long time. It's a long uh, time. Yeah. Them, but um, yeah, Sandbach Boys School was a great, great sort of growing up ground, really, for, for me in, in the 80s. Um, so I was there, 81 to 88. Um, loved the school, loved the town, uh, yeah, my parents still live there, um, and it was really kind of in those years that um, I developed a kind of love for, for writing, uh, generally English was one of my favourite subjects, you know, because creatively I was, I was contributing to the school magazine, writing sport, writing news, I remember doing, I remember doing a week's work experience like all, I think all year 10s have to do a week experience these days. Um, and I did one at the Congleton Chronicle. Um, I remember getting the bus every day from Sandbites to Congleton uh, on, a, on a wet, windy, uh, cold November week, <laughs> uh, way back when. And uh, but I absolutely loved it. I loved the experience, and um, it was that really that that really got me into properly into the idea of, of, of a career in journalism, I guess. Um, and it went from there, really. Uh, and what once people or once your teachers saw an interest in creative writing, was there any encouragement to, to or advice given to you to uh, consider journalism as a possibility? Yes, yeah, there was actually. To be to be fair, Des, I mean, I thought well, we had a couple of fantastic um, uh, tutor teachers uh, in English uh, at the school, and also they were very um, they were very proactive in putting on things like the school magazine. They had the little festivals, literature literature festivals, things like that. I remember being involved in in the summer, so they were very supportive uh, in that way. Uh, I remember producing a comic, uh, like a, a sort of sports comic, football comic, with a couple of friends in school, um, which uh, which went down really well. And we sort of used to we used to publish this, print it, publish it, and, and hand it out to friends. And everybody loved. so it's those sorts of things that were, were really encouraged. That kind of creativity, which really um, I really loved doing. And you know, I still I think I've still got one of the old school magazines somewhere in, in my in my cuttings files. Oh, terrific! Uh, some of the, the very early stuff that I did. I don't I don't want to read it yet, but <laughs> <laughs> something know, for the grandchildren. Like, but, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and um, you know, and it was it was definitely the spark. Uh, that, that got me going um, in those early years. And so you pursued that through to higher education? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I went to, I was lucky enough to, to just about scrape into university. I went to Coventry University of all places, but I had a great time there. Uh, there wasn't in those days any degrees in journalism, actually. Um, I, it was more of a kind of media studies type degree, which was a little bit, looking back on it, a little bit sort of vague and, and, and wishy-washy, really. It was enjoyable, um, but it didn't really teach you the vocational sort of craft of journalism. Um, it was 
was very much around theory uh, and, and sort of models of theory and communication, which was interesting and, and informative, but didn't didn't train you. So I had to do a, a, what's called a postgraduate year course in, uh, run by the NCTJ, the National Council for the Training of Journalists, and it was there. I did that in Sheffield for a year. It was there where I really developed my journalism and, and got my qualifications in journalism before I, worked, before I joined a, a, my first newspaper. Well, that takes us neatly on to the second question, which is you, you spent 14 years working for regional newspapers, uh, starting life as a, a news and sports reporter, moving through the ranks uh, and on to finally, before you, you left journalism, as news and content editor. So share with us some of the skills that you developed, some of the key skills over this period and why you made a decision to leave the cutting edge of journalism? Well, it was, um, I had a fantastic 14 years, 14 or so years. I worked over in Yorkshire, up in the northeast of Newcastle for about five or six years, which is an incredible city. And then uh, also in Cumbria and I finished off in, in Lancashire at the Lancashire Evening Post um, in Preston there, actually. So great paper and a uh, thoroughly enjoyable sort of career. Um, and I learned a heck of a lot. I learned, a lot of it was more about kind of um, not just being able to write well and tell stories and, and that craft, but it was, it was a lot of it was personal, personal skills and dealing with people, communicating with people, um, interviewing skills, you know, the, the, the ability to be able to sit down uh, and interview uh, anybody about anything, uh, you know, make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they're happy to share their experiences or their stories. I think that's one of the key the key skills still, even with all the technology that we talk about and refer to nowadays. If you can't interview well, um, you know, ask the right questions in the right way, uh, and then use the answers uh, that you get um, to get across their, their their views and their stories. Then really, you're not going to you're not going to cut it that that much as a as a as a journalist. So, and that's one of the things I've learned from from top operators over the years. Uh, some of the things that some of the interviews they've done. Um, Incredible. So, I mean, technology-wise, I left newspapers about 2003, 2004, when the internet was just really coming into its own a little bit then. Um, but it, it still wasn't that important back in that back in those days. Uh, even then, uh, we were just cutting and pasting four or five stories onto a web page and uh, little else. Uh, to, to be honest, so technology was being was was being driven really by the presses as much as anything else. But but phone, but mobile phones were coming in as well though, and in those days. And they were they really did change um, how we worked uh, out in the field, in particular as, as journalists. And latterly, of course, um, there's been a lot of litigation with regard to material printed in newspapers. So you, as a journalist, have to be very much aware of compliance law in respect of newspaper newspapers and what they print. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the key parts of any training that you do as a journalist. And obviously, I'm involved in university now as well. So, uh, is, is is media law and and, and ethics and, and the practice of ethics uh, in in all those areas? Very interesting to see the story about um, the Princess Diana interview <laughs> uh, coming up at the minute, yeah. and, and and that had the questionable questionable sort of ethics and tactics around securing that interview. And, and it, it is a it's a fascinating area that which we teach at university, and it's it's the bedrock of any any sort of training that a journalist or would-be journalist would do. They have to know the law, they have to know areas of defamation and contempt and privacy, copyright and all these sorts of areas. Uh, and it's not easy, you know, it's it takes a heck of a lot uh, to, to learn all of that uh, and to become fully, fully knowledgeable um, and, and to operate as a safe journalist. 
and of course you have to become a lot more creative in the way you ask questions that's right yeah uh, in, in many ways you, you know you, you kind of learn your trade as you go along you learn from every interview you do you, you, you reflect on every interview you do I, I do that all the time and think oh, I wish I'd asked that or why should I, should I not follow that up I could have rephrased that in a better way and there's all sorts of things you can you know you can learn um, you know and, and often you look you read your rivals as well you look at other newspapers or outlets and think well, they've done a better job than me there or, or you know you can learn from you know always always learn that's the thing I tell my students you know, you never stop learning, even even at my age. Yeah, that's very good advice. Today we're talking to Pete Layden from Nantwich News. Uh, Pete, you started work as a university lecture, university lecturer back in 2003. So uh, tell us how you make the transition from journalist to lecturer, and more importantly, how you adapted to university life. Yeah, um, it seems a long time ago nowadays, but, but uh, I just remember the opportunity coming up when I was um, uh, working very hard as a content editor on the news desk at Lancashire Union Post, and I saw the opportunity come up at Salford, actually. Um, and it was a period of my life where I'd had, we'd had, we had young children, and I was working very long hours, and I just fancied a change. I fancied something um, a bit different. I, I enjoyed, at that point, I was enjoying... Um, helping um, young journalists who were coming, who were joining the newspaper, um, helping training them, helping giving them advice and coaching them, if you like. And I think it was that that made me think, you know, that this could be an area that I go into. Um, and when the opportunity came up at Salford, I, I, I applied. I was lucky enough to get an interview and even luckier to, to be offered the post. So, uh, you know, so I took the plunge. It was quite a big move at the time. Um, I was obviously a little bit out of my comfort zone working at university initially. Part of the role was I had to requalify, so I had to train again um, in a postgraduate uh, on a postgraduate course um, for for higher education academics, which I, I did, and I enjoyed that as well. So um, you know, I, I embraced the change. Um, it, it's it's a fascinating area working in, in universities. Not nothing like what people may think from the outside. I think I'll, t- I'll say that for now. Um, you do a lot of work um, outside of just delivering lectures and, and seminars, and uh, you know, in terms of the organisation, administration, pastoral side of universities. So, but but I love it. I you know I, I get a lot of I get a lot of energy um, through working with with younger people um, in that sense. Uh, you know, and I remember myself at that age as well, pretty well. You know, working in, in, as a, as a journalist and, and the passion I had for that. Um, and I have to say, you know, I, I, I I've never looked back. So I've I've had thoroughly good 17 years uh, now at Liverpool John Moores uh, which I've been, I've been there for nearly two years oh, Incredible university John Moores it? it's got a, yeah. uh, an excellent reputation Fantastic university fantastic city um, you know I had many good years at Staffordshire as well I have to say that um, but um, like I say is a change is as good as anything and, and going to Liverpool you know is, 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 a, is so refreshing and, uh, and the university is brilliant so yeah really thoroughly enjoying it so, Pete, uh, Eddie Shah, whose name I'm sure will resound. Uh, <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> th- th- there will be others that won't. You might have to look that one up. But Eddie Shah yeah. and other newspaper owners in the 1980s introduced new technology into newspaper production, caused a big stir at the time. Uh, and in recent years, new technology has again changed the way news is disseminated. So, Share with us your view of journalism in 2020 and and how the reader separates fake news from authentic news online. It's, it's- 
it's a massive it's a massive area uh, to, to, to look at and we, we explore this quite a lot with our students as well you know the new generations who are coming through because they all have their views you know in, in that sense but there's been there's, there's no doubt that the impact particularly of technology and social media as much as anything social media has been the huge change really in the way journalists operate and the way journalism is consumed um, you know compared to, um, to even just 15 20 years ago I mean, you know, uh, everything that's shared now on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, that ha has a potential to be fake. Um, and, and it's very difficult for um, people who are consumers who are not involved in the industry to separate that, to separate what is fake and what is real and how you verify information. And that's why I, I, we, we say to our students that, you know, um, real trusted um, the journalism, um, um, you know, done by, performed by fully trained individuals uh, is so is more important today than ever uh, in that sense uh, you know we, we obviously train our journalists to make sure they verify information that they get whether that's through social media or through interviews or through other research um, and then we make sure that you know they are they are doubly checking they are balancing their content they are they are checking their sources several times over um, to make sure that everything is as accurate as possible you know fake news it is is a problem and it's not helped when you've got you know uh, the most powerful man in the world um, claiming everything's fake news um, uh, you know in the, la in the last four years of his of his presidency um, <laughs> you know and, and, and when you've got people like that sort of shouting from the rooftops it doesn't do any good um, however you know it's, it's, it's the area we live in. it's the area we live in now social media has been a huge plus for me in terms of non-touch news but it's also had that drawback of, of people just, just, just assuming if it's on social media it's fake or it's made up uh, you know, and, and, and it's difficult to get people to appreciate the difference between somebody who's just throwing out a rumour uh, on Facebook compared to somebody who's a journalist who's verified, checked and sourced information correctly and got it as accurate, 100% accurate as possible. And, you know, that, that's, that'll be a continual battle. And would you encourage a reader to, to do a little bit of research or a lot of research on, on a writer of uh, online news be, before they started to give it any credence? I think so. I think so, Des. I think we live in an area now where everything is just, you know, swipe left, swipe right, move on, you know, too quickly. Uh, people, you know, they're not they're not consuming the news like we used to, where we'd sit down with a with a newspaper and really delve in. Um, I find one of the frustrating things I find is people kind of read the headlines, which is fine. The headlines are, that's what they're there for, but really, then they just don't click into the story. And if they're not going to read the full story, they're not going to get the full picture. They're not going to get the balance that, that's that's afforded in the story or, or somebody's right to reply and they, they get the full context of a story uh, and, and they'll just take what's read on, on a headline and then start, you know, start sort of um, sort of Chinese whispers that way. Um, whereas, you know, I try to encourage people and, uh, on, on social media to read the full full story, but you can't post a full story on, uh, you know, a 600 word story on Facebook because nobody would read it anyway. No. Um, you know, the, the Facebook and social media is just that kind of you know, uh, short short messaging for where to to, in, to engage people. Most people who go into a story read it and they're, and they're fully clued up, which is great. But you get a few who just don't bother, um, and that that's a little bit a little bit annoying. Um, but that's just the world we live in. People, you know, move move swiftly, move swiftly on from one thing to another so quickly, um, and, and that's you know that's just that's just how how we've evolved, I guess, over the last sort of twenty years. This is a podcast from the Cat. Today we're talking to Pete Layden from Nantwich News. Pete, you started Nantwich News as an online news hub in 2009, so 
Tell us some of the issues you had to initially overcome in establishing the site and how you managed to keep it populated and up to date. Yeah, 2009, gosh, 11 years ago now. Um, I, I think I think one of the big things was um, my getting my head around the, the technology, the, the content management sort of platform that I, uh, that I put it on, which was WordPress. And I hadn't used WordPress before ever at that point in my life. I was, I was very much a print journalist. Um, so I, I had to kind of, you know, trial and error, learn, learn, train, and teach myself how how WordPress worked, um, which was which was interesting. I had a colleague uh, at, uh, where I worked at Staffordshire at the time who helped me. He was very much uh, more afraid with with how WordPress and, and such uh, sort of blog platforms worked back in those days. Um, so once I got my head around that and I was comfortable with that, I thought, okay, that's fine. It's just a publishing platform, really. Um, and, and as soon as I started to put a few stories out about non-Twitch, um, the, the, the beauty of, of WordPress and any platform is you get statistics back straight away in terms of how engaged people were, how many people were reading it, how long they were reading it for, how many people were sharing it, all those sorts of things, really. And I just thought, this is, um, yeah, this is interesting because you don't get that in newspapers, you, all you get is a sales figure and a kind of a rough guess of how many might read your story. That's it. But but online digital sort of tools now, it's incredible what information you get back about your site, and and uh, that that helps you. That helps you to develop it. It helps you to change things. Uh, it helps you to to you know to to look at the stories that really matter. I mean, the other part you, you have said does about keeping it populated. That's hard. I mean, that's um, that's every day working on the site constantly. Um, while juggling my lecturing responsibilities as well, um, you know, and it's it's you know there are times when I'm working two three hours in the evening after been working all day uh, at university, so it, it's hard work. But it's you know if you if you have a passion for it, I guess, or you don't have a, a kind of desire, um, uh, then then you probably won't succeed in, in in keeping it going. I say to all my students, if you've got a blog or any other sites that you run, the hardest part of it is to keep it going day after day after day. And if you can get through the first few months, uh, first year or two, it becomes a kind of like riding a bike. It's, it's built into your routine, your daily routine. Um, so, and, and I still get a buzz out of, out of reacting to a breaking story, like any journalist would, I guess. Anything that big has, has happened or breaks, you're thinking, I've got to get that on there quickly. I want to tell my readers about it. Um, so you have that kind of loyalty to your readership, um, that, that kind of desire to make sure that they're informed. Um, and that's, um, that's what keeps me driving forward. You've taken the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that uh, after 11 years, if you still get a buzz out of doing it, it certainly is a driving force. Yeah, yeah, it is really, definitely. I think any journalist, any journalist worth their salt who, who still gets that kind of a little bit of adrenaline rush, uh, who, who, you know, to, to, to get information out there that they know readers need to know, then, then yeah. Um, I think COVID, the situation with COVID, has, has, has demonstrated that more than any other story that's, that's happened. Okay, uh, Pete, in your own words, and this is a considerable list, it's possible to write, record, film, edit, stream, publish, monitor, engage, share, promote, and talk to people on a mobile phone. That, that's quite a list. So, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, including talking, you know, talking is just as important as any of them. <laughs> well, absolutely, and, and uh, obviously that's what they were developed for in the first place. But um, yeah. but share with us how you use modern technology to maximise your visitor numbers on the uh, news hub. 
Yeah, um, it, it's. Uh, I think I kind of slightly referred to it previously about about statistics. I mean, the beauty of of online and technology now allows us to um, to really look at how people are using your your site. That, I think mean, that's the key thing. Um, so uh, we use analytics. Uh, a lot of people who are in business and digital business will be aware of what analytics is and how important it is. Um, and also we uh, are aware of how Google and search engines operate in terms of their algorithms, in terms of their search search engine capabilities. So I think things like um, analytics and search engine optimization are two of the, two of the really big areas uh, of technology that I have really embraced over the last sort of three or four years. So I can see exactly what stories are working, um, how well uh, I'm writing or, or, my, or any of my contributors on, on the site are writing in terms of SEO. Uh, are my stories getting, getting uh, you know, top organic growth on Google? Are they being picked up a lot by, by people on ser- searching direct terms? So, so I think though that sort of technology is really helping um, outlets like mine and journalists like me to, to kind of um, uh, to target um, the right kind of content. You know, when I, if I see stories that just aren't being read, for, and, and sometimes you don't know why they're not being read. Uh, you know, you can't survey every reader, but the, you, you get a feel, you get a bit of a feel for it as a journalist. And sometimes the, 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 the statistics kind of um, back you up. You know, they support what you're saying and, and, and thinking, um, and sometimes they don't. So, but, but that's that's the beauty of it. Um, so, and it's worked so far for me. I mean, the visitor numbers have been have been absolutely huge over the last few years. Yeah, clearly, uh, if you, as you say, you're uh, making the best of analytics, it helps you make those important decisions on what you print, where and uh, how you yeah. r- how it's written, and where you place it on the site. That's right, correct. Yeah, yeah it is, and, and you know, and, and it's it, sometimes it does support what you always knew, what people, what what sort of content people really do um, want to read, you know, that that might be anything from a, a crime story to a, to a simple what's on listing, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, a lot of seasonal stuff, Christmas stuff, half-term events, you know, and you know there's lots and lots of parents out there, thousands of parents out there who, who are craving information on what they can do at half-term in a normal time of year anyway. So it's that sort of thing, and when the statistics back it up, it, it really helps you. Today we're talking to Pete Layden from Nantwich News. Uh, Pete, the circumstances created by coronavirus are unprecedented in our lifetime, so tell us how it has affected visitor numbers to Nantwich News and your view on how business in South Cheshire can adapt to the new normal. Well, I mean, it's like everybody else. Um, you know, we were we were sort of taken by surprise a little bit way back in at the start of the year or in March time, but. The, the, the numbers exploded really in the first sort of two or three months, um, uh, so March, April, May. I mean, it was kind of understandable, I guess, because everyone was 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 wrestling with this new this pandemic and this new virus and didn't really understand what it was, how it was affecting us, uh, what what how it would change our lives, you know. And obviously, lockdown was was the first first time anybody had ever experienced that for most people anyway um who, who didn't live during the war so um for, for us it was it was huge and, and and because of the expectation uh when you turn to your local news site uh, platform they wanted information people wanted to know what was going on and how they found things out and the story developed so quickly you know not just through, just through the lockdown but then through all the you know the statistics the testing element the tracing um, the, the impact on businesses, the furlough scheme, all, all everything that moved up very, very fast um, over those 
two or three months. Um, so we, we had to stay on top of all that. That was extremely busy. Um, I wasn't going into to, to university uh, because obviously lockdown, we, we were off campus, so at least I was at home um, all, all the time and I was able to, to, to sort of balance my work patterns uh, in, in that way. So, so we, we, we adapted well, but we literally, in the, in the three months, of the first three months of lockdown, we doubled our visitor numbers, which is, which is unprecedented. We've never, we've never, never seen anything like it. Uh, I think one, one week we had around 80,000 unique users in a week. Uh, you know, and previously to that, the highest would have been about 35 to 40. That's a um, considerable so increase, we, we, yeah. We see sort of how, how vast the, 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 the thirst was, really. The thirst for information, that's what, that's what it was. Uh, and in your view, just an overview, how you feel that businesses in South Cheshire can adapt now to? Yeah, well, it's it's it is going to be a, it is going to be a new normal. I think uh, there are going to be a lot more people now working from home. I think you know people are a little bit wary of 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 going traveling into cities, commuting. Um, you know, everybody's going to be slightly more more wary in that sense. But I think. I think what it might do, I think the new normal might be, and I hope in many ways it is, that people do um, spend more time in their communities actually, you know, and we become a more sort of community focused kind of um, uh, sort of society, uh, you know, so you can turn to your local business, support your local economy, support those, 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 those independent sort of retailers and outlets, uh, in, and Nantwich is a fantastic town to, to, for that, they have, to, we have so many brilliant local businesses. Um, and, and I think, you know, and obviously, the, you know, in terms of my own sort of sites, people will continue to turn to the local site for um, verified, trusted information on that. Uh, I do think there will be a sea change in, in people's in, in people's lives. You know, they're going to they're, they're going to kind of look at the thing. You know, I don't want to spend you know four hours a day on a motorway, um, travelling up you know up and down the motorway or whatever. You know, and, and pe- people will be working from home more and spending much more time in in their home villages and towns so i think that's going to be that's going to be interesting and local business have an opportunity i think local businesses do have an opportunity to seize that uh you know that that kind of audience that, that's more on their doorstep okay so you you're working in a university now uh with other creative individuals and and obviously the 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 pupils that, you, that you're lecturing to and that must spawn new ideas for your online news hub. So share with us what you have planned for the future. Oh, gosh, uh, it does. I mean, working in university is amazing uh, in a sense that, you, you, you know, you never stop learning. Um, all all the, the team I have um, are incredible. They're all uh, fantastic journalists. Um, currently or former, formerly employed in, in, in national and regional areas. So, so you learn all the time from people like that. Um, and technology-wise, I'm, I'm learning all the time in terms of how my platform will move on. I mean, it's, it's four or five years now since I did a proper re- refresh of Nantwich News, back in 2015, I think it was. And um, it's time for a new one, I think. I think well, I've got plans in place. Can't say too much at the moment, <laughs> but I am working with a web developer, a local web developer, who's excellent and um, I've got a lot of plans in place to to refresh the brand refresh the site hopefully in 2021 and um, take it forward uh, over the next sort of few years anyway and um, you know I hopefully offer different functions different different capabilities on the site um, so that that's that's stuff that I'll start to um, I'll start to sort of publish uh, hopefully in 2021 when we're, we're all in a better place uh, I guess than we are currently 
Peter, we've we've come to the end of the interview and it's been hugely interesting and I would like to thank you on behalf of everybody here at the CAT for, for giving up your time and uh, and and giving us an in-depth view into journalism in 2020. So no should any of our listeners uh, have stories to submit or want to contact you, where can they find more information about Nantwich News? Yeah, well, absolutely. We love to get lots of contributions. You know, our site only exists uh, really through through contributors. We have some amazing ones that that, that send us lots of information and photographs. Uh, you know, I'll have to give a give a big shout out to some for, to people like Jonathan White, who's amazing, who's always sending in pictures uh, and content, but lots of other people as well. Um, so please get in touch. You know, we you can send all our details on on the main homepage, thenantwitchnews.co.uk, or you can email uh, editor at thenantwitchnews.co.uk. Um, and all my phone numbers uh, are on the website as well. Um, so, yeah, please, please do. We're, we're more than happy to share stories, to publish, give you bylines, you know, get you involved. Any, anything that you, you really fancy, you know, we're, we're, we want to be a platform um, for uh, the public, the local public to get involved in. Pete, thanks very much for coming on The Cat today. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks a lot. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.